need to be you know more like a more like a car than they need to be a utility vehicle no you get a pickup because you're going to be hauling shit around and you cannot haul shit around in a five foot bed you need you need you need seven or eight feet to be able to i mean how can you haul around paneling paneling that comes or plywood or anything that comes in four by eight slabs well you're, you're hitting if on you something got there five feet because most people that have pickups these days live in the city and they're only hauling like a piece of furniture or something like that. I guess then get actual a pickup SUV. people <laughs> who get like dualies and three three fifty. You yeah. know, they have a long big beds and shit. But then stop pretending that you're oh I got a pickup. No, you don't. You have an SUV that's missing part of its roof. Oh dude, I totally <laughs> agree with you. I lived in Houston. Everyone had trucks. Which was really scary if you have a, a mini. A little, a little uh, yeah. what did I have? You had a mini car. It wasn't a mini Cooper. It's a No, it's a, a mini car. A, oh, my God. A smart car. Thank you. I loved that car. It was fun. You had a smart car? I had a smart yeah. car. Those are awesome. The first time I ever saw one of those was in Germany. And They're I was so like, fun. These are whack. My arm span is longer than a smart car. I was like, I could pick one of these up and take it into the theater with me. Yeah, I, I don't have to worry about parallel parking. Just pull, no. pull straight in. I, not the whole thing, that they are that they are as long as most cars are wide, so you just boom right into the... I loved that car, except traveling on the highways in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Where everyone else has giant trucks with horns on them. It's bad. It is bad, but you know the you know, and, and people uh, people often talk about smart cars and they say, "Aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid you're just going to get pancaked?" And it's like, no. The what, the big trick on a smart car is if somebody hits you, you'll just bounce off. You will literally just bounce off. And the whole thing is, is a cage. I love yeah, yeah. I love I love Steve talking about this when we just went to Panda Express uh-huh. and him getting in and out of my car. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I did try to fit someone your size in that oh, yeah, thing, yeah. No, and it I, didn't work. I, My best time was it was me <laughs> and our friend uh, was in the front seat, and Deb and his wife were in the back. Now, there is no back seat. Yeah. It's no. basically like a trunk. We were just transporting them to their car after a night of drinking. Oh, my God, it was like a clown car. Oh, uh, my friend in high school had a Carmen Ghia. Oh, that's a tiny thing. <laughs> yeah. How did you fit in that? Uh, they basically, I, I always tried to call shotgun cause it just made sense. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. It was always in the back quote unquote seat. There's no back seat in a Carmen Ghia. Again, it's like a, it's like the, it's like there, a bed there, on a modern pickup. There it is a back exist. seat. There is a back seat in the Carmen Ghia. Yeah. Not one you can fit in. Not one I can fit in. Oh, that's or any normal uh, size uh, person. That's a to, shame for you. you Barry, put, Barry's remembering a backseat of a. I certain am remembering time. a backseat of a certain. <laughs> <laughs> you can fit Kenny Baker in the backseat of a Carmen Gear. Oh, well, and and Barry. And so Barry. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I am not a sense. tall man, but it has <laughs> worked in my favor. Sense. Yes. <laughs> if I need something reached from the high shelves, I call Kirsten. It's like Kirsten, can you reach the pepper on the high shelf? And I have to get out of bed, get dressed, get. <laughs> my car <laughs> jesus christ i think this rant reminds us that while he spent most of his life in california steve actually was conceived and birthed in oklahoma uh, no oh shoot 
Reveal. I might have been, been conceived in Oklahoma, but I was born in Dallas, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh even wow. much better. Much to the chagrin of all my mom's Oklahoma relatives. They're like, Jenna, you couldn't hold on for another week. You had to have a Texan. <laughs> and she was already, he's already a month late, which. A month late? Which. Well, he was very tall. For the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> needed more time to cook. I did. Wow. And I came out glorious. He, Half baked. He overdone. <laughs> and not fitting in the back of a carbon gear. No. 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 Takes a while to cook somebody who's going to be eventually six foot four. Yikes. I can't. I hope it's a 10 pound baby. <laughs> I, my mom basically gave birth to a, a basketball filled with sand. He, <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. There's that. a picture. You're 6'4. <laughs> How tall are you, Kerr? 6'1. Tall people. What? What are, what are you? I'm just five nine. Five. I'm like five seven, five eight on a good day. It's on a good day. It's when it's rough. When it's really depends humid. The, when I'm feeling tall. Expands. <laughs> I'm standing up straight. He's wearing those boots. <laughs> well, that's okay. As big a baby as he was, apparently Steve uh, was not born as big as uh, the dookie he took last night. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shop number 698. I am Master Torgo. Commander Dookie. Vlarg. And Deb. And we're here to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Geek Geek. All right, of all the ones you all have done with that, that's the best. That's the best one. <laughs> hey, Deb, how you doing? Boy, oh. is Barry in for a surprise when he gets home. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, not so much news to bring to the task, uh, but uh, where can they find us in September, Barry? They can find us at Fanex Salt Lake. That's September 21st to the 23rd. Booth number, I don't know yet. Just look for the Geek Shock booth. And you don't even have to look. You can close your eyes and hear us. Yes. Because we're loud and we're fun. And we're going to be giving away good stuff. Fun prizes. Fabulous prizes. Prizes not guaranteed to be fabulous. <laughs> so check it out. And also... No, no guarantee of fun. Yeah, no guarantee of prizes. I don't yeah. know. I think I can guarantee a little fun. There is going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of fun. There will be. Maybe not, are, not a lot of fun, but... We're the funnest booth at every convention we've been to. Oh, 100% of the conventions. <laughs> That's right. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? That, it was one, of the, was one of the convention guys that came up uh, after the uh, Las yeah. Vegas convention, right? Yeah, the, well, the guy running the place. Yeah. It's like, this is a... You guys are fun. No, he he said yeah. we were the funnest. Yeah, you should listen to the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's because we're not selling anything. We're not sitting there trying to get your money for Etsy tchotchkes. Yeah, we're literally just giving shit away. And speaking of Etsy tchotchkes, we will be selling. No, we're not. No, we're not selling. <laughs> oh God, yeah, we're going to be selling beaded bracelets, and uh... I'm going to be making what, those ashtrays where you get the shoebox and you put the saran wrap in it and then you put the clay in. Oh, yeah! Friendship and, pins. And then we'll put the glaze on it and we'll get like Spider-Man colors and Superman colors and Batman, and then you have your Batman ashtray thing. I'm going to make macaroni art! Yeah! <laughs> Everyone like macaroni! <laughs> So, we're a few episodes away from 700. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? What's crazy is this new guy. Who's this guy? This guy. This guy. This guy who has now moved to Vegas, this guy. What an idiot. I know. <laughs> so, you Biggs fans out there, you're going to get a big heap of helping. And you Biggs haters out there, 
<laughs> sorry. Because <laughs> Biggs is a regular on the show now. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. In fact, as you heard, he's taking Deb's place. So. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking him home and everything. <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. Don't hit unsubscribe. I'll get <laughs> yeah, no, the Deb show will return. Welcome to the table, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, um, I, I brought gifts. <gasps> Wait, he is opening the giant book. Or are they gifs? <laughs> yes. You brought gifts. I brought gifts. <laughs> according to some people. What, what in the hell oh, is that? See, this, this, I can always count on Steve to give us the visual part of the show. Yeah, uh, for the, the visual for part the, of the audio show. For the viewers at home, this uh, here, like, take a look. Where, where's the camera? Oh my! I, god. Oh my god! This so is, Steve is, is showing my, us a, uh, a like a Christmas stocking that my grandmother made me. Aww. well over half a century ago. Okay, and, and wait, are you you giving, giving that this to us? To us? No, I'm Why are you here showing this? <laughs> Why is this relevant? <laughs> Because it's, yeah, you got to wash it, by the way. This is, this is something you're supposed to show us before the show begins. Oh, God. No, I, here, a little tight stick. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I love no, it. Are you <laughs> giving that to us? Oh, my God. No. Well, first well, of all, what are you doing? First of all, Barry, I heard you were almost out. Oh, fuck. Oh, yay. A carton of and candy I, cigarettes. I've had to switch candy to uh, cigarettes. Oh, I'm more of a roundup no. man. but uh, uh, At Comic-Con. Oh, this is getting so much better already. I ran into the Gloomhaven booth. You ran into it. Are they okay? <laughs> yes. What is this? this oh, yes. What is, is this? This is. The it's <laughs> what it is. It's not an audio. It's not a video show, right, Steve. Well, me, where's the camera? There me, is no camera. Me, for the viewers at home, there's no viewers at home. Am I on one or three? He's uh, even doing a visual joke with this, people. It's <laughs> maddening. Revoke his gold. Uh, <laughs> This Never is. has Vlarg regretted so quickly <laughs> welcoming someone to the table. <laughs> wow. You know you stinky. No. No. Stink uh, is right. Yes. Uh, this is the Gloomhaven metal coin upgrade. Uh, also, also, when we do coins, when we win coins, we actually get uh, actual, actual metal heavy-ish coins. This does have some weight to it. Wow. Ooh. Very nice, sir. Phenomenal. For these. Well, now that you're here, when the uh, rare games of Gloomhaven happen, well, you will be, yay, here. Sorry, Andy. Good. We need an <laughs> AOE guy. <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, Steve didn't just give me the, the candy cigarettes with the beef gelatin. No? He gave me the good ones. Oh, wait. There's good ones? Yeah, the bubblegum ones. With a little something extra. Oh, with the, oh, is that the paper covered ones? Uh, paper covered ones where you blow through them and you get a little puff of smoke. That's because of the powdered sugar in yeah. there. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I, again, Barry with the visual jokes. I'm sorry, know. everyone. <laughs> and what kills me is you get one puff. That's so it. So you make sure that everyone's watching you. <laughs> and you can't really, it's paper, so you got to unravel it and put it in your mouth so it kind of kills the whole cigarette thing. But I like it. Now, here's what's weird. Oh, oh just add it to the list. What's the th what's the weird thing? <laughs> okay, I guess they all are all, are all multicolored. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, the GOP would hate it. Oh, show yeah. us. Uh, show us, uh, uh, Steve. Okay, which camera am I? Am I uh, one, three? Uh, most candy cig can bubblegum cigarettes that I know of are the famous pink. These are some of them are purple and I have orange. an orange one. Yeah, I bet this, it still tastes like. And garbage. this one is like um, cement colored. I'm not. 
<laughs> How appetizing. That one went bad. Oh, let, I'm, let's get the show moving forward. What geeky things you do this week? You know, we're going to start with you, Big, because you had the big geeky thing you did. I did. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. In fact, I yield all my time to Biggs because I got to tell you, I really didn't do a lot of geeky stuff this week. All right. Consider your time yielded. I wish you'd do it every week. Shut up. <laughs> all right. So, well, first thing is, uh, hmm, do I want to talk about that first? No. Yes. I'll, yes, no, you do. I'll talk, about, I'll talk about the big thing first. <laughs> oh, no. The orange tastes a little bit like orange. Okay. Uh, Great. I, Thank you, Biggs, for introducing gum to the show. <laughs> Christ. Really the worst thing you could do for a show. Oh, wait till I go get my uh, nope. my nope. big uh, hot cinnamon balls that you can put in your mouth. Uh, so, yeah. I wish you'd bring those, yeah. Yeah. Are they cinnamon whiskey balls? No, no. They're cinnamon bubblegum balls. Ooh. Mm. Anyway. And they will make you fart, so it's all good. Thanks. <laughs> big plus. Yeah. All right. So... The big thing I did, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Oh boy! Um, Stephen Biggs. Oh my God! Has gone to his last San Diego Comic Con. This is a huge deal. It you is. have gone to every single con that's been available to you. I've missed five. You've missed five since when? 1971. and it was. So this wow. actually was the year the- I was born, Biggs. Yeah, you're. Born. <laughs> You've only missed five years in that entire span. Yeah, so this was my 50th anniversary uh, con. And yeah, I, um, I count, because I, I count the COVID cons, because they, Comic Con had their Comic Con at home, and I was sitting on my computer, so I count those. I do too. Um, yeah. You've done your due diligence. I did. I, ha- I missed 2004, 2002. 98, 90... You've missed five. Three. Uh-huh. And then, and then one in 19... I, I think I missed the 75 or 74 or 75 one. We're all enlightened. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tell us about this one. So this one was... Okay, so as you may have heard, there's a couple of strikes going on. Ah, yes. In Hollywood. And so there were very few stars. There were a few, um, but certainly Hall H was nearly bereft of star power this year, Um, which kind of made me crazy because I, I mean, on the one hand, it was awesome. I literally just walked into Hall H for the Star Star Trek panel. It was only about two-thirds full. And so literally they were, they were, I was saying, where's the line for Hall H? And the guys were saying, just wait right here. As soon as these people go through, we'll just let you in. Holy crap. <laughs> now, keep in mind, people, this is a uh, Hall H. It's famous for having a line that goes all the way around the building. Yeah. And people line up a day, literal days in advance. And you just waltzed in. I just waltzed right into the Star Trek panel. Wow. And, um, and so, and so... And, and all it was, most people I say this name and they're like who, but he's he's usually a, he's usually a moderator at the Star Trek convention that's is going to be happening this weekend, and he's also one of those pre movie hosts. If you go see a movie like like Maria Menudos, Scott Mance is also one of those guys, and uh, and he was basically there, and it was just him. And and uh, I got there a little bit late because again we had to wait for the people to. 
walked by, but I, I pretty much got in. And according to my friends who got in before I did, he basically started out, and let's bring on the cast of Strange New Worlds, Anson Mount, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what would have happened if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if there wasn't a strike. So he's a pretty funny guy. Um, and he was, you know, nice and convivial and and showed us all the trailers for, for uh, the next season of Lower Decks. And then, of course, the big thing that they did was five days early, uh, they dropped the crossover episode of Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks. And let me tell you, sitting in a room full of thousands of Trekkies watching that thing, oh, it was it was glorious. Because that, that episode, sorry, haters on Discord, um, that episode was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And um, you just wait for the musical episode. This is going to be off the charts. Uh, Three more days. Three days more. (laughs) Three days more. Another day, another trek for me. I am not looking forward (laughs) to that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, Geek Shocks are becoming all musical. No. (laughs) I think I'm going to be sick that day. Yeah, really? It's going to be all sick. Um,. So anyway, so that was cool. What else? What's else on my notes? I don't know what is all. I don't know what all. Whatever. Oh, um, so as many know, uh, one of the reasons why this was my last convention was back in 2019. It, it was, and and even some conventions, but 2019 was really kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was, I got to Sunday, and I basically just hurt all over. And part of it has to do with what all I call the sex afterward. Well, you would hope, but no. Um, <laughs> part of that had to do with what I call the Comic-Con shuffle. And if you are 6'3", now I've shrunk an inch, sadly. Uh, oh, I thought you meant 63. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and you're doing little baby steps all day long. It is freaking torture. And it starts to hurt. It starts to hurt your thighs because, you know... You want to walk. You want to stride. I want to use the full eight mile length of my legs to walk through someplace. Wow, that's a that's a musical number right there. It is. I want to walk. I, I want, want to stride. stride. <laughs> Star stride, starring. Um, I believe eight mile was about his legs. And so one of the interesting things about this is even without the star power, everyone was going, well, you know what that means. If people aren't, you know, getting refunds for their, then everyone's going to be down in the exhibit floor. And that thing is just going to be wall to wall people. And it wasn't. Really? And I think based on what, based on just anecdotal evidence from people is people didn't go to Hall H they got bored just walking through the exhibit thing because again, if you if you can do that all on like Thursday, then you basically seen everything. And so what they were doing was populating all the smaller panels, like 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 the DC Comics panels. Again, those were a little tough to get into. You had, I actually had to wait in line a couple of times. Wow, wow. how's and, your good friend Jim Lee? Oh, that was uh, that was one of my notes. So Jim Lee. <laughs> So Jim Lee doesn't know me from Adam, except he might. He might now. <laughs> so my um, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, so well. Let's just say Steve wasn't the only one sore on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you might remember the foreshadowing about the cinnamon candy that farts you. Yeah, <laughs> farts you. <yeah. laughs> 
So, here's my history with, with uh, Jim Lee at Comic-Con. Back in the early aughts, when West End Games came up with their DC role-playing game, they had a demo panel. And so I was like, oh, yeah, let me get up there. And oh, yes, I was here for this. Yes. And so I get up there, and next thing I know, there's this guy sitting next to me. And and it was like, oh, and Jim Lee's joining our panel. I was like, and I barely heard the name at that point. I don't even know if he had moved over to D.C. at that point. Maybe. And so I'm like, oh, oh, I kind of know who this is. And so we were coming up with our characters and stuff. They ran us through character creation, and they ran us through a little, like, you know, three action, you know, thing. But as I'm coming up with my character, Jim Lee looks over and he goes, he goes, oh, what's your character's name? And I was like, Bob Johnson. And he goes, no, 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 that's all wrong. You got to get the alliteration in there. I go, the alliteration is in the vowels, Bob Johnson. He's all, well, I guess that could work. <laughs> and then next thing I know, Barry's walking in and his version of the story is I walk in and Biggs is on a panel and he takes a picture. However, the picture is cut off on my left shoulder. <laughs> I didn't recognize Jim Lee. <laughs> yeah, leaving out Jim Lee from the picture. So, so there's really no photographic evidence that I was, quote unquote, on a panel with Jim oh, it, Lee. Oh, it, it happened because I was, I was going to meet Biggs at this panel. I'm like, where's Biggs? He's on the damn panel. What the- <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's meeting number one. Then, back in 2011, when, they, when DC was, maybe it was 2010. It might, no, it's 2011. 2011. When DC was launching the new 52, um, and I was I was at every panel, every DC panel talk because I was like, what What are you guys doing to your characters here? What's going on here? What's this What's this all about? And so Jim Lee was on almost every panel. Dan DiDio was on almost every panel. Grant Morrison was on almost every panel. Jeff Johns, everyone's on almost every panel. But so was this. But this woman was in the audience, almost always dressed as Stephanie Brown, spoiler Batgirl. And a very diminutive woman, and at every single panel, she asked the same, a version of the same question. Yeah, she was trolling. Yeah, which was, so you've cut back to these 52 titles, but where are all your female-centric characters? And they're like, well, we got Wonder Woman, we got Supergirl, we got Batgirl. And she goes, right, where are, besides Wonder Woman, where are all of your female characters that aren't the female version of your more recognizable male characters? And they're like, well, you know, Black Canary and Zatanna, they're part of, right, but where are the... Oh, my God. And, I mean, that, when every single... DC panel, and they had oh. like ten or twelve right. panels. At that what weekend. point did the audience groan? Well, the they game? started giving her shit at some point. And Didio, didn't he like kind of lose his ten? Uh... Jim Lee, oh. <laughs> at, at the, on I want to say the very last day, says, "Well, you know, we weren't going to say anything, but you prompted us to reveal early oh, <laughs> that that we are going to do uh, a, a new version of Dead Man called Dead Center Woman." <laughs> and so, and everyone went, oh, she's not laughing. <laughs> and so, um, so I thought that was pretty damn funny. And so the next year, when um, so you didn't meet him that year. I did not meet him. Almost dandy. Uh-huh. Well, I, right. 
but it's set up. <laughs> but it's set up for it's set up for the next year. How does that set up for the next year if you didn't meet him? I'll tell you. So <laughs> why it's funny you ask. It's funny you should ask that. I I hate that I just set him up. Yeah, for, you did. You, this is you. Here's the up. exciting sequel. Um, so the next year, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee had uh, had like on Sunday had their had their oh meet the publishers day, and they took you know Q and A from the audience, and I said and I said what was your biggest surprise about the new Fifty Two, and also. It's been a year. When are we going to see that Dead Center Woman comic? And Dan DiDio was like, what? And I was like, oh, I, I said, sorry, everyone. It's a year-old joke. I uh, and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, they gave out their freebie for the thing. And I saw Jim Lee in the hallway afterwards. And I asked him, you know, for his autograph on the on the freebie. And he goes, oh, by the way, I got that. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so... Flash forward. Glad I set that up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, what a yarn. So, flash forward to this Some year. Some paths are worth the journey. It was the friends we made along the way. Well, now here's now here's was the, it? the fireball he dragged along the here's way. Here's the closure. Here's the closure story. So this year, they have these. This spot- is the prestige right here. Yeah. This this year they have these spotlight on Jim Lee panel, and Jim Lee's up there, and he's just taking rando questions from the audience. And I said, I have a really dumb question for you. And he's like, oh, boy, all right, let's hear it. And I said, well, it's been 12 years. Where's that dead center woman comic? And he's like, what? And I said, well, if you remember when you guys were launching the new 52, this woman kept asking you where all the dead center women. He goes, oh, yes, I got vilified on social media for that. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> and he said, we're still working on it. <laughs> So that's my that's my <laughs> a twelve year old callback that you year old callback. a joke that you had to explain to him uh, yes yeah. exactly but you see him on but then no. he got it he remembered <laughs> yeah yeah I roast a banana him um, Jesus here was I want one of us to with, slip one day and in public with someone big just be like well you see him on <laughs> which in itself is a twelve year old callback. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so far as Comic Con goes, it was really we. Uh, I uh, okay. Uh, before I get into that, I'll oh do my, this. Okay. That was a lot of filler words right there. <laughs> yes, uh, it I, took I, me I told, back though. Yeah, yeah, I'm wound up. I'm, what can I tell you? Um, I was walking around the exhibit floor. DC was back. Marvel was back. They both had much smaller booths though this year. Um, and I was looking all, and I I was walking through the through the uh, exhibit hall and I was like is there no is there no sideshow here this year and I was talking to some friends of mine that own a comic book shop and they're like oh yeah sideshow just ate it over the pandemic because of all the supply issues really yeah that all of their stuff was back ordered for almost a year and a half oh wow so when it finally got here everything got here all the pre-orders for a year and a half got here all at once and people had already like canceled their orders and stuff oh and so my. sideshow just ate it and they said and they it fold? might even be company ending ate it so yeah he goes, i bet they couldn't even afford a booth which i feel bad because i love sideshow oh no all their stuff has always been yeah. just top notch yeah 
and it would it would pain me if they went away and and i feel bad that that they might also be a covid casualty um but beyond that um it pays to be a nice teacher I found out one of my former students. I ran into one of my former students. I didn't actually get a Saturday badge in the uh, in the cell, so I was going to take Saturday off and go do other San Diego stuff on Saturday, and maybe finally get to the Comic Con Museum. I even bought tickets, <laughs> and then after I bought the tickets, I ran into a former student who is now on staff at Comic Con. Oh wow! And I was talking about how you know that I. And he goes, "Oh, you're going to be here all, uh, you know, every day." And I was like, "Well, not tomorrow because I didn't wasn't able to actually get a ticket." And he goes, "Oh, you want to buy a ticket for tomorrow?" I was like, "Is that possible?" And he goes, "If you have the right code." And I was like, "Oh, yes, please." <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to get a Saturday, uh, nice Saturday badge. Fantastic. Nice. Pays to be a nice teacher. <laughs> and I was so I was able to do my last uh, DC themed photo shoot and everything, and that went really well. And there is a woman uh, who usually does that, and her handle is the Real Vegas, Real Vegas PG, Real Vegas Power Girl. Oh, I've seen her. Yeah, she's awesome, and but she's been missing for like the last three or four years. I mean, even before COVID, she I didn't see her, and she was back, and I was, and so I, you know, I follow her on Facebook, and I said I wasn't able to say hi after the after the shoot but uh i was it was nice to see you back after uh, after a long absence you don't know me but we have mutual friends so of course she hasn't never messaged back but anyway so she's <laughs> yeah so, oh, okay almost yeah, andy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah again yeah and and plus you know i'm sure that message wasn't creepy at all i'm sure she was like oh jesus <laughs> hey you gotta shoot your shot yeah but um but yeah she's how was outside the con that's usually a fun time it was um Again, I think it's because, I think it's because, um, again, there wasn't a whole lot of studio presence. But besides not being in Hall H and populating all of the smaller panels, people were also waiting in epic long lines for all of the all of the you know outside stuff. Apparently, there were like two hour lines there, so people did, were able to get their line con in, uh, even if it wasn't at Hall H. So yeah, they just did it outside and. And I will say this, San Diego this year, in, in some recent years, it's actually been pretty, you know, global warming hot. This year, San Diego did its usual low 70s. Oh. Marine layer in the morning kind of breaks up in the afternoon. Marine layer comes in in the early evening. Uh, cool breeze all day. I was, I was walking through like at 5 o'clock on Friday going, Man, I'm not sweating my brains out. This is awesome. And then Sunday hit. <laughs> 79, I want to say, but it rained. Oh. And it just, the humidity just rolled in. I've never been there when it rained at a Comic-Con. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it wasn't like a downpour. It was sprinkle, sprinkle. Ah, enough. Let's face it, though, Sundays when... It would be benefit for all of us because everybody kind of needs a washing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah and not yeah, a lot yeah. of people are cosplaying too hard on Sunday, like not like they are on Saturday or Friday, right, as far as right, I remember. Right. Oh, oh, and for the past couple of years, I've actually been able to, to sit in on the masquerade. And oh. this year was really, really good. This is like 
like some of the years when we started when I when you guys put me up in the press box thing. Yeah. It was that good. Like there was a Warhammer thing that was like that Scully would have just you know shot his wad all over everything. There was like four or five guys. That a good thing. That that doesn't sound like a good good visual. No. no. Yeah. There were like four or five big ass mech suits lit up and just costumes. Dude, you gotta have lights and you gotta be big if you want to win like the big money. Yeah, and and they did. Or just be a hot chick. Yeah, and they did. And even the other ones, there were only, out of 30, there were maybe one or two that were like, meh. But they were, meh. They weren't, oh, that's god-awful. They were just like, meh. Hey, Scully's bringing his Warhammer stuff to uh, yeah. Salt Lake uh, Fanex. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. He's going on Saturday. Saturday. I talked to him. Yeah, Saturday people see this. It's going to be good. Family. Yeah, we've already seen uh, behind-the-scenes photos. So, yeah, it's going to be another it's Scully be masterpiece. And what else? Okay. Really? That's Comic-Con. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> did, so, you, did you get out to the gas lamp at all? Did you get to the Rock and Baja Lobster? I, I didn't do that. We found a new place called um, Broken Yolks or something like that. which is That's not new. That sounds horrible. Yeah, well, it's new to me. <laughs> oh, my um, God. I mean, I found it last year. Because Buster's Beach House has closed. Ladies and gentlemen, they're re- they're revamping the whole Fisherman's Wharf area, and so Buster's Beach House is no longer. I assume that was a good place. Yeah, is where. We, is what where made we... Buster's stand out? Why is it sad that it's gone? Oh, it was just a Sunday tradition, you know. Go there for breakfast, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, I did go to Mimos. Oh, Mimos, Mimos and Little Little are still there. Good. I spent more money at Mimos than I did at Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> I splurged so hard. Um, they Mimos has gotten pricey. Um, what about the grotto down like two, well, next door? You can uh, always I, just go there and get a pizza if you can yeah, 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 find yeah. your way in. It's yeah, it's just yeah. no. Mimos. Or you can just go a little further down and have the world's worst barbecue. Uh, look, if I wanted cheap ass pizza, I would just go to Seven Eleven and use my points. Oh my god. So. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah. You see, he laughed at that like it was a joke. It really saddened my heart a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I spent seventy-two dollars at Memos. <laughs> That's not bad. Not bad at all. That's not bad at all. I hear I'm thinking like, oh, I ordered the fucking surf and turf, and I ordered a bottle of Opus One, and I, I had him put caviar <laughs> on on her tits, and I just ate it off. Of it. What are you talking about? <laughs> seventy-two bucks for food is ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as a In Vegas, that's long... Thursday. Yeah. Oh. Have you ever done a con before? Yes. I think I spent that Saturday just going out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and Oh, and then so my moving travails. I'm not going to go into too much detail oh, about Oh, they're this. great. Are they? Oh. I, 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 Major <laughs> Meh Rum Cake and a couple of Hellfrick Slaves. <laughs> and they are too. He That's what the, he calls his children. They did the opening to Crazy Train right now. <laughs> um, they they came and helped me uh, move my storeroom, which is now Steve's room. Okay, and Steve is putting to good use already. My God, dude, you have never seen so many Star Trek books in your life. You you Steve needs to show you his room oh. before you leave. Okay. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I've, um, I've been lured in by worse. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 
but across my room and see my Star Trek books. <laughs> there you go. Just take your shirt off and sit on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I eat the caviar off your tits. Barry said that's the way you do it. Um, it is the way you do it. It's totally the way you do it. But uh, when my AC went out, that was the weekend that I was going to actually start moving the, the room. And I was actually going to take it one day at a time and I was gonna go through boxes and shit and I had plans and and then the AC went out which killed everything because there's just, you're not doing anything in a house in Vegas with no AC in the summer. So the next week comes up and I'm like, oh shit. Steve's coming in on the 28th. That's a Thursday. And I gotta get this shit done. And Lewis and uh, Stephanie and the uh, Hellfrick slaves came over, <laughs> and we spent. We just had this. We literally did a uh, a chain gang. Lewis moved boxes out of the room to the top of the stairs. The youthful slaves moved them down the stairs and into the uh, lower. Uh, floor, and then Stephanie and I tried to give a semblance of organization in the uh, old TV room, stacking the 250-some-odd banker boxes full of stuff. I see that from here. It's <sighs> disturbing. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it is just insane. So I did all that, and then I was like, oh, Steve, um, you know, somebody, there was, there was there's some plans for maybe a game night this weekend are you going to be up for that um after what you know you're going to go through on thursday and steve's like what's on thursday and i was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> take it away steve so oh, god so so this whole time i've been calling movers and everything and i keep saying and i keep saying uh, I would like that to be on uh, on the 28th. In my head, thinking the 28th was a Saturday, and so 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 I've got my boxing up all my stuff on a timeline that gives me all day Friday to finish up boxing up my room and getting it, you know, because I'd already I'd already had half the room packed and in another room staged. With some boxes marked bedroom, some boxes marked storage. So then I get a call on Thursday saying, saying yes, the movers will be here tomorrow at blah, blah, blah. I was like, tomorrow? No, it's supposed to be Saturday. They go, uh, tomorrow, the 28th. And I was like, wait. <laughs> Steve can't read a calendar. Everybody. No. And so, so. God love them. I, I will say, as much as they caused me much, much vexation today, those freaking guys, man, they had a crew of four. We got the storage unit done first, and they reboxed a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, wrapped up all the, all the paintings and everything. And just, I mean, they really went to town on it. But they broke down all the plastic shelf units. And they put the two metal shelf units that you can't break down at the front of the truck and put all the boxes behind them. So we get here, and then and then when they got to my place, again, they go, oh, you haven't packed up everything? And I was like, well, I thought I was going to have one more day, so no. 
And I said, I was able to get this much done. And they're like, yeah, but there's all this. And I was like, yeah. So again, God love them. They, you know, they did the best they could. But I now believe that my computer is somewhere in the back of the storage unit. And then, yeah. So today when we Behind were, the big pile of clothes they big, just threw in there. Yeah. Behind, yeah. That's your fault, sir. It is. This is a this is a a a misfortune of my own making. Um, I love it because it bodes bodes much for the future of Steve and I rooming together. Because I thought a twenty eighth was Thursday, and he thought the twenty eighth was Saturday, <laughs> and it was actually Friday. <laughs> so this is this is going to be a hell of a year. Yeah. It's gonna be a hell of a sitcom, is what you're saying. And 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 finally, and unless we do want to get on my creation rant, finally, <laughs> as part of this move, as part of one of the things that was taking up time, is I had an old printer, and an old boombox, and I think something else. I can't remember what the third thing was. And I was looking all over for. I was like, well, these are. I mean, the printer's fairly new. It doesn't work, but there's got to be some kind of... <laughs> God what? damn it. What is happening right now? There's got to be some kind of electronics <laughs> recycling where I don't have to pay them to take... Because last time I went to Best Buy, I had to pay them like a... Oh, no, dude. No, there, there's there's electronics recycling. Yeah. You just got to find uh, yes. it for the city. Yes, there are. And and I asked them. I called up and I said, now, do you, do you take printers and... Uh, I see you take electronics. Do you take printers and boomboxes? And they say, yeah, we'll take those. And so, again... Thursday Thursday morning, when I thought I had all day Friday to get this stuff done, Thursday morning, I went to the electronic to the recycling place, and the guy says, "Do you want to drop off, or or do you want a little bit of money for these?" And I go, "Well, I was hoping to get a little bit of money for these." And he goes, "Well, it doesn't pay much." I go, "Well, whatever." Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me just tell you: just drop your shit off. It really, the wait time was not worth the 10 cents. <laughs> 10 <laughs> cents! Wow. It was not worth me taking time out of my very busy week. Hey, that's some decent in, money in 1940. <laughs> yes, to stand in line. <sighs> Fine parking, stand in line. To get the deposit on a glass bottle in yeah. Maine. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, bad. I actually would have gotten more money if I'd actually taken the 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 two or three plastic bottles out of the back seat of my car. <laughs> Dude, Barry, you sure there's nothing you want to say geeky wise to this week? Nothing at all. I've I've been prepping for uh, Salt Lake, man. It's it's been a whole thing. I played a, a lot of Neon Abyss. Uh, we did manage to finally finish season six of uh, Rick and Morty. Finished The Witcher. It was good. I'll let Deb talk about it. Uh, but otherwise, no. To hear more about the adventures of Biggs, you know, <laughs> and right. why he hates right. creation. All right, Deb, he's throwing it back to you. What? Uh, which? What, tell us about The Witcher. Uh, so, um, well, oh my god, I, uh, I have no idea. What's, your, what's your problem about- with creation? By the way, you kept talking about. Oh yeah, it. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know you want to get past it, but no, he's got this whole thing. He's talking about like, oh, it's, I hate that. It's been forty-five minutes. Oh, all right, never mind. Save it. Save it. There'll be plenty of hate for creation at other times. Yeah, I mean the convention is this weekend, so yes, next week. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, I I took a bullet for the rest of you this week. Did, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, I went ahead and downloaded and gave its fair shot to the new and improved 
pinball effects. I mm. am interested to hear about this. So this is uh, p- almost all of our talk of video pinball over the past few years has been Pinball FX3. It was the pinnacle of the company, but they have now revamped their entire engine. It's a new physics engine, so revamped that you cannot carry old tables from older systems. So you have to rebuy them in the new system mm. because it's a whole new system. Were and you they just those, don't cross over. Were you among those who were complaining about that, saying, I'm not buying this, I'm not going to buy my old tables again? Brr. Uh that was a sticky issue. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't a game uh, turner, though. That, that's, okay. That, that, that didn't break it. Yeah, because it's always new uh, The thing that broke it initially was that they were having some kind of weird uh, form of currency that you had to purchase, like, tickets and use those tickets to buy tables, and it didn't kind of convert one-to-one, so... You would always be left over with a few extra tickets, therefore a few extra bucks in their pocket that you could do nothing with. Ooh, that's like hot dog companies and the buns and the hot dogs. Pretty much. That yeah. bothers me. Yes, that whole thing. But they since have uh, have gotten rid of that, so that's no longer an issue. Okay. So when you download Pimble Effects, they do offer the tables themselves for sale on their own, like they have in the past. Uh, they also offer a subscription service that... Uh, allows you access to all of their tables except for Indiana Jones because there's a some deal they have with Williams that that won't be a part of it. Um, but uh, you don't have to do that. But when you do join up, they give you 24 hours of that for free to try to lure you in. So if you do want to try out pinball effects for yourself, it's uh, it's free the whole thing for 24 hours. From then you have to buy your tables. Like earlier pinball effects, it comes with a couple of tables that automatically are yours. I think it's three tables. Two of theirs and one of Williams, if I remember right. Uh, now, let's talk about my pinball effects experience. I want to know more. Uh, it wasn't great. Oh, no. Uh, and the reason is the biggest issue in all digital pinball. It's been issues in the past. They seem to have gotten rid of it by pinball effects 3. And now it's back again in full glory. Lag. Ah, oh, ball oh. lag. And in pinball, <laughs> sounds gross, but it's bad in pinball. <laughs> well, is is that a but or is that and it's bad in pinball? In pinball, it anyway, is uh, game lag. ending. Uh, and that's not the only thing. It's game. And they know there's a problem. The, the, the forums are just full of it. There's just, in fact, it, when you started up, said, hey, if you're having issues with lag, switch your TV to game mode and that will fix most lag issues. My TV's already in game mode. So the lag issues I'm having are obviously not that. Uh, and I couldn't figure out a way to make it better. <sighs> and the lag wasn't horrific. Like it wasn't like push the button and then it goes. Like Dude, it's pinball. It doesn't letters. have to be horrific. But yeah, it's a fraction of a second off. And your brain can compensate when things are slow, but when things are fast, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's a shame because the tables look great. Uh, the new tables are fantastic. They got a few more Williams tables, some of the classics like Adam's Family and uh, 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 Twilight Zone, some of the best tables out there. Uh, and, and good reproductions of them. However, it's the lag, and I cannot lay down money for a table if it doesn't work, if the physics don't work. Yeah, no, that's super important. Any little bit of lag will screw you up, and it'll hurt your brain. So does uh, does Pinball FX 3 still exist? Yes. Okay, good. 
So and and, and well, in fact, we ran a uh, a competition on it a couple weeks ago. So, uh, so if you're still interested in playing pinball, Pinball FX3 is still your best run. Uh, however, I don't know if it's available on the newest of consoles mm. or not. It might be. I didn't go looking, so. Uh, but it's probably still available for like PS4, Xbox 360, or Xbox One. So, uh, if if you've had it, you've kind of got the best pinball there is now. So, mm, maybe they'll fix it. They'll revisit this another time. Give them some more because apparently it's gotten better. From, but it's not ready. It's not ready. Put a pin time. in it. We will revisit this because yeah. we love our pinball. Uh, my and my wife and I have been uh, lamenting the fact that we've basically watched all the decent horror movies on the major stream streaming platforms. Uh, so we've watched all the decent ones on Max. We've all all the decent ones on Amazon without having to rent them. And uh, Netflix. Uh, Netflix probably has the best horror bang for your buck as far as that stuff goes. Uh, but uh, we, we now we're down to like the bad ones, and we don't want to do the bad ones. So what do we do? We re-up Shutter. Uh, we're back on the Shutter train. I'm sure Jake, you're happy to hear that. And we've been having a ball with it. Uh, the, if for no other reason, you should try Shutter for Creep Show alone. Uh, Greg Nicotero, the guy who did the effects for many many movies, but very well done on The Walking Dead. All those zombies are his. <laughs> Uh, he is in charge of Creepshow, and it maintains the beautiful tone of that original Creepshow movie, where it knows its origins are on EC Comics. Every story is some kind of morality revenge tale, yeah. and and it really leans hard into it. And it does has many many gifts throughout the season. Some are comedic, some aren't. Uh, but there is one episode that is an Evil Dead episode. Like, literally. It stars Sam Raimi. It has the Necronomicon. It has the Deadites. They're saying stuff from it. One of those episodes, they obviously got Raimi's permission to create an <laughs> Evil Dead episode. That's fun. So, And the whole show itself is fun. It's, it's gross in some parts, but it's always kind of over-the-top horror, edging into, not even edging, firmly into camp. Uh, when when reveals happen, it has those great uh, comic book back, uh, back flashes ask. that the original movie had. Yes. So it's if you're a fan of the original Creep Show and to a point Creep Show Two, uh, this is so good. I know I've brought it up to the show before, and now it's I'm bringing it up again because uh, we finished season two and three now, and they're short seasons. They're two stories per show, fifty minutes per show, and six episodes per season. Yeah, yeah. So, so use the same, uh, same uh, sometimes overly saturated color palette on some of the episodes. Yes, or and, some of the moments. and it flashes comic panels. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so every episode starts with the Crypt Keeper with a word balloon introducing in the title of it, and then it flashes down to the first panel of the story, which is a comic that fades into real, yeah, uh, nice real life. So highly, highly recommended. And because we couldn't get enough of that, we decided to try Shutters Beyond the Dark. What is that? Uh, it is a horrible name for a fantastic collection of short films. Uh, it's built as an anthology series. It isn't. It's a group called the Horror Collective, uh, which tries to curate some of the best horror shorts out there uh, by decent directors. And what's been a joy of that, these are all super short. They're 9 to 12 minutes long, each one of them. And there's about 13 total. We watched them all in an evening. But what's so wonderful about these independent horror shorts is there is no way that 
these stories are going to ever be expanded into actual long films. These are directors and writers taking a chance on some deep horror and covering some subjects that would never be covered in mainstream horror and some stuff that's absolute fucking bonkers. Uh, but that first episode, uh, if you have Shudder, and if you don't, uh, get the seven-day trial and just watch the first episode of this because it is a, not even horror, it is a crazy pants time travel comedy that just absolutely tickled us. It got us on board. It was like, that wasn't horror, but if this is evidence of what is coming forward in this series, it, the rest is a must-watch. So, yeah, it's it's got a horrible name. I can't remember it. Turn off the dark. Um <laughs> It's, it's uh, beyond the dark. So both on Shutter, highly, highly recommended. Kay, what'd you do this week? Uh, well, As, aside from move him in, yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve actually uh, sorta took me to see Oppenheimer. So sorta, yeah. Um, I had my birthday uh, ticket from Galaxy, and I needed to spend it because they 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 don't want you to let that hang. And so I'm like, well, we only got a couple days. I don't know what to do. And Galaxy's got this, that, and the other. And Steve's like, I can't see Oppenheimer again. And so we went, and I, I, I didn't pay for the ticket. And Steve bought my food for me. So he sort of took me to uh, see Oppenheimer. So that was uh, quite the experience. It's a hell of a movie. Yeah. A hell of a movie. Um, what... what uh what makes it so great? Uh, Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Is what it all comes down to. It's a Nolan film. It's a Nolan movie. And Nolan does uh, great movies. It's a, it's a it's a great performance from Killian Murphy. I heard it's a three-hour uh, film. It's a three-hour film. Do you plan for that? Do you just pee in advance and don't drink a lot of water? Uh, uh, no, don't pee in advance. <laughs> Don't we all pee in advance when it comes out to th- th- Those seats are leather for a reason. Oh. Ah. <laughs> no, actually, I, that's one of the testaments I would say. That that kind of passed one of the Kirsten tests for a long movie, is uh, especially since we went at 7. Because usually, I actually like to do the first movie of the day. And what I deliberately do on those mornings is I don't have anything to drink until I get to the theater. And boom, no have to pee. But this was at 7. And so I had a full day of living like, especially since Steve and I kind of like, kind of like, we decided the night before, I guess we did, didn't we? Or I can't even remember when we got the tickets. We got the tickets the night before. So, but I didn't really, you know, structure my drinking. But I went in there and I had a giant Coke. And uh, I still didn't. You held your business. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. You gotta go. You gotta get out of here and go. Because you know that's one of my tests. That and you know check your check the time. You know, in the olden days when it used to be just the watch and you flip your wrist over, and now you got to get your phone, and then people yell at you. Galaxy kills you and stuff like that. So, but if as they should, you know, if you don't check the time, if you don't have to get up and go, um, that's a good sign. And it, it's it's visually very well done. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is good. Uh, uh, Matt Damon's good. Emily Blunt. Um, Alden Ehrlichman. Yeah. And uh, uh, Florence Pugh. Pew, pew, pew. She's awesome. She's wonderful. And yeah, it, it's, 
It's good. It didn't tell me a hell of a lot more than I had already learned from Fat Man and Little Boy, which mm-hmm. was the Paul Newman, um, Dwight Schultz Oppenheimer movie. Yeah, but how old is that film? Uh, yeah, they made that in 1945. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> so, um, but it... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, but you learn a few things about about uh, Oppenheimer. Like, like it. you know what? This movie is going to do such good things for smart, geeky guys. Because Oppenheimer was a banging bastard. He was a player. He played. He was banging. Hotties. Like cheating and stuff. That guy had a game. So, how is this movie going to help? You know, <laughs> because people are going to look at that and be like, oh, wow, theoretical physicists, they're not the nerds that you take their lunch money. Or maybe you should, because in about 10 years, they're going to be fucking your wives behind your back. So, it did make me feel a little bad because it stressed, it kept making the joke about how Oppenheimer hated math. In fact, at one point, there's a scene where Albert Einstein made a joke about, you know, you and me, Robert, you know, the math is not our thing. And I was just like, damn, because high school calculus is what forever destroyed any remote dreams I had of being an astrophysicist, which is the science I wanted to do, you know. I want to be an actor my whole life, but at a certain point when you're supposed to do the right thing, uh, I was like, well, then it would be astrophysics because I just love star creation and all of that. And Dude, same calculus killed it oh my god dude high school calculus that trashed my gpa it was hideous it was terrible that was college for me i had a teacher she was terrible oh my god it's just so any hoot we saw oppenheimer we also uh saw asylum studios you know how they do their that the asylum the, pictures, the cheap horror films. Yeah, they well they and they also do the cheap, you know, pre blockbusters before they right transmorphers before transformers. Exactly. Comes out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the uh, Steve and I watched the uh, Oppenheimer version, Weisenheimer. <laughs> That's a real thing. It's about a little kid from Jersey. He wants to be a stand-up comedian, and he questions his life decisions when his act bombs in Las Vegas, New Mexico. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I actually had Todd writing the note. He did. It's it's the silent pictures that really sold it. Because I'm like, yep. And then why is it? Oh, wait a second. That's that's not an asylum movie. But the pen was on the paper and ready, folks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I came up with that like three days ago, and I'm like, I can hardly wait to unleash this one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was so proud all day. He's been like, I can hardly wait till Todd gets here. (laughs) You can always tell the ones that he prepped for versus the ones he did on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) What? What's my tell? I got to work on that. (laughs) So uh, It it starts to make sense too early. I'm a little... I'm a little concerned because I've seen because I've now seen Oppenheimer twice before I saw Barbie, so I'm that's a little out of order. I wonder if I'll be confused by, you know, by yeah. seeing them out of order like that because it should be Barbie. Yeah, <clears throat> he apparently know. wore his pink underwear for this one. Oh, I was like, yeah. like I needed to know that or anything, but you're gonna get to see a lot of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so long as I don't get the concentric circles of. 
textile on the floor <laughs> of the the room by the pile of laundry. I don't even know what the hell you're even referring Andy's to. Andy, he's referring to Andy. Andy, uh, one, dropping uh, undie trowel. Yeah, he he was like in a rush. Oh, dude! So he had his 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 laundry in the TV room, and Steve's in the next room sleeping on a mattress. And apparently, I came downstairs, and there's this little circle with circles within it of underwear cloth sitting on the tile floor right next to Andy's pile of laundry. And it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out what transpired. Um, and it's just like, wow. Just, you know, take the clothes upstairs and change. No. No, he just, boom, boom. <laughs> this is a good spot for boxers. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying about not geeks being more popular <laughs> yeah. with the ladies? Uh, uh, Todd? Uh, yeah. Not boxers. God damn it. <laughs> 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 Please tell me there's a story or not something whiteies. you can read. Oh, not whiteies. <laughs> not anymore. So, some kind of news or something. T- tidy uh, neon blues. <laughs> Take me away from this story. Blood red. Oh. Bl- Were they always blood red? Well, that can only take us to news you don't give a shit about. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hurt me more. I've never been so thankful. <laughs> <laughs> to hear this crap news news you don't give a shit about uh, that, this is a story that we've been covering for years oh shit and, and, and continuous once again the live action adaptation of Masters of the Universe is no more <laughs> <laughs> filmmakers and studios have been trying to get that movie made for years and this one has fared no better uh, this latest attempt was set up at Netflix with the Knee Brothers that's N-E-E the, they did the Lost City and Band of Robbers they were set to direct and Kyle Allen star- was to star as He-Man uh, Netflix already spent $30 million in oh, development costs Three zero. yes yikes the decision came down to the budget, apparently. <laughs> the, the directors and producers tried to get the budget lower, even considered the idea to shoot two films simultaneously. Uh, but Netflix and the filmmakers just couldn't come to a compromise. Uh, the story would have centered on, quote, an orphan named Adam who discovers he is a prince destined to be the savior of a faraway land. He must quickly learn... Uh, learn of his power and the importance of saving his true home from an evil force. Wait, he's going to be on Earth? Yes, so very generic, but no. definitely not, uh, not good. true. So it's good that it fell through. Maybe, right. yeah. who knows? Uh, director Aaron Nee previously shared that he wanted to keep things wild and crazy like the original animated series, and, and like in the film they were making to uh, Marvel's Thor Ragnarok. Uh, producer Todd Black, who did Fences and The Equalizer, has been trying to find a new buyer for Masters of the Universe. And uh, so far, we, we do have a hard pass from Universal on that. Well, if you want <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, you're only going to get it with Taika Waititi as director. Yeah. So now, there you go. I mean, hey. But frankly, hey. If, you want a, if you want a template for a modern He-Man, it's been done. Revelations. The uh, the Kevin Smith animated joint. Oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> that that kind of is like okay. This is how you handle He Man now. Yeah, you don't put him on Earth. Orphan Adam really turns out to be a prince. Little orphan Adam. I hope that's the music. Oh my 
Why does there always <laughs> got to be a musical with you? It's, it's or- always it's- got to be a musical. It's Little Orphan Adam. It's it's yeah. it writes itself. Right? <laughs> Eternia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah. Leaving a rhyme. Tila, Tila's her name. If you please. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Proceed. These don't give a shit about. Uh, Dan O'Bannon's classic 1985 movie, The Return of the Living Dead, is getting the reboot treatment uh, from Living Dead Media, and it's explained that the next installment in the Return of the Living Dead franchise will be a reboot rather than a remake. Quote, right? Whatever that means. Our re- <laughs> what does that mean? Distinction, ladies and geraniums. <laughs> Our reboot of The Return of the Living Dead will expand the existing world created by the original five films while staying true to the R-rated sci-fi horror dark comedy roots adored by the fans of the classic around the world for the last 35 years. Unquote. Uh, Steve Walsh, who did Muck and Kill Her Goats, is attached to who directed the movie. Uh, yeah, Steve, I don't recognize that one either, but the name That's definitely- not a reboot. That's just another one. Is, is, is it that bad to say another one? I, I want I want some producer, director, or some guy making some remake, reimagining, rebooter to, to do just that, Barry. I want them to be asked by the press, so is this a, a remake? Is it a reboot? And I want them to go, it's another one. It's another one. <laughs> it's another one. Just fucking say it's another one what do you care well see what's happened is they um focus grouped you know do we want to call it a prequel a sequel or a reboot and they and reboot tested better than the other that it's got to be right now return (laughs) of the living dead was 85 and i remember there was some that was that was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Great uh, film, uh, fun one of my favorite yeah. horror films of all time. Yeah, the second one, uh, tried too hard. It did try a little bit hard, but I think the second one was the one where they found out that you could kill them with electricity. I think so. Yeah. Now the third one had that really really hot chick in it, and yep. then she put all like the blades in her, and it was all weird. But <laughs> I, not like what you think. Uh, what the, hell? what the fuck was the name of her? I don't know. But anyway, oh, it, she was like this goth of... chick, and then the, she she I got bit. But like to stave it off, she had to cause pain to herself. And oh she, my god! So let's just put, like knives all over. Let's, let's tap. Like... Let us tap into the cutter market. Oh uh, yeah, Todd, uh, can you write that in there? They, they basically wanted to make a centibite. That's <laughs> pretty much what came down. That's to. what they pretty much did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. It wasn't a good movie. No, it was not. But it was. If you like those movies, it was fun. You just turn no. off your brain. I like those movies. Melinda I don't Clark? like three. That her, yeah, Melinda or Mindy Clark. It says here Melinda. Clark. Well, fuck whatever. Um, <laughs> Kent McCord though. You asked Adam. Kent McCord. James Callahan. Oh, Sarah what the Douglas. Hell? Come on, Barry. Look at the star pod. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it's a bad movie. <laughs> was there a fourth one? I don't think there was. Yes, there's five of them total. Holy Although crap, really? <laughs> I stopped watching after three. Oh, did they do like the Hellraiser thing where it just went straight to video after like three? Yeah, well, three was, well, three pretty was much straight, straight to video. video yeah. yeah. Now, now, what's really funny is was Return in the the title every time. Yes. Yes. 
They returned f- five times. <laughs> return they, they of the Living a, Dead. Put a number on it. Return yeah. of the Clue Living Gulliger. Dead. Tour. You're just picking out names. <laughs> now, I'll tell you why I like the Return series. Um, unlike Night of the Living Dead or most zombie films, you can't kill them by shooting them in the head. You can't kill them. They don't die. You cut them to pieces, and the parts are still moving. It's super creepy. That's what the first one did so well. It melded camp comedy with some real horror. So you had a roller coaster of film going through that you had characters that you actually somewhat cared about. And then you had some other characters you didn't care about. And they were fodder, but they were fun fodder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Second one was just goofy. Remember the scene where it was like, uh, get someone on the radio and they're driving around in the ambulance. Like, call the hospital and, the, and, and they they answer. Hello, yeah, come to the hospital. It's safe. And they're like, wait, wait. <laughs> who's the president of the United States? Oh, Harry Truman. <laughs> Not safe at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know he's a great character actor. He's been in five million things, but it was the first time I'd ever actually seen James Karen be funny as hell. Oh my god. That was when he's ter- slowly but surely, he and the other guy are slowly but surely turning into zombies. He's the guy that, that runs the uh, warehouse and, yeah. and teaching the uh, the new guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it it owes, uh, zombie world owes a lot to this movie. This is the film where the whole idea of zombies eating specifically brains comes from. Yes. Yeah. No earlier than that. This is where that started. So, but they're going to reboot, remake uh, this one, um, another one, and 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 the Dead Collective. Yes, they do take it seriously as far as horror. They also know what its its tone is. So, could they make a decent one? Possibly. Oh God! Uh, I just hope they redo the scene. I think it's I don't know the first or the second one where there's this couple and and the and the guy gets. He gets zombified, and he's and he's like, I'm so cold. Oh, I'm so hungry. I love you. Why don't you let me eat your brain to his girlfriend? She's like, oh, okay, just a little. That was the second one. Just a little? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dumbass. I remember going to a, uh, a promotional tour thing that um, Max Brooks did for oh. World War Z, and he was asked about zombie stuff, and uh, somebody brought up Return of the Living Dead, which apparently he doesn't think highly of. He referred to it as the minstrel show of zombie movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> what does that even mean? I can see where that opinion would come from. <laughs> it certainly doesn't take it all seriously, and it, yeah. but the thing is, though, Especially if you take into account the films after that, because that's what they said. Oh, it's the comedy that people really liked about it, and that's just not. And then the third one said, no, it wasn't the comedy. We're going to bring it back a little more serious. And nope, they just could not find that balance anymore. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, you know, it's a bunch of living, living people doing Zomface. Yeah. So and Linnea Quigley in a graveyard. <laughs> Zomface. Zomface. <laughs> Todd's making notes, folks. <laughs> These you don't give a shit about. Paramount Pictures CEO Brian Robbins has revealed a new animation strategy for the studio. Their plan is to completely ignore anything original. Uh, they're going to completely focus on existing IP only. While speaking with Variety, Robbins unveiled his plan saying, quote, 
we're not going to release an expensive original animated movie and just pray people will come. It's not about Disney and Pixar anymore. People are looking for animated movies that are irreverent and have a comedic point of view, unquote. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How does that challenge originality? The studio will instead focus, but that's... That's a whole separate quote to this. The studio has decided to focus on familiar properties such as SpongeBob SquarePants, Avatar The Last Airbender, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which Robbins thinks will appeal to millennials who grew up with the shows. Mm. Uh, makes sense. Paramount actually ha- will have an original animated film coming out <gasps> titled Under the Boardwalk, which was going to get a theatrical release, but now will only be available on Paramount Plus and who knows for how long. So, yes, so what do you think of the animation strategy, nothing new, only existing IP? I think it makes sense if you're if you're worried about If money. you're a bean counter. Yeah, if you're a bean counter, it makes a lot of sense because I'd rather just put money toward existing IP that we know is going to draw people in rather than take a shot on something new because for every Incredibles, you get, like, something crappy, like Treasure Planet. That's Steve looks unhappy. Get him, Steve. I don't Steve, like it. Steve likes like Treasure new Planet, stuff, I guess. man. But I'm but, saying that's not all winners. Yeah, well, <laughs> half the time neither are the remakes. Half the time neither are the oh going to the well once too often. Point it, Bigs, <laughs> Barry. Oh, are we playing tennis? Well, <laughs> this just. You know, this is exactly... God, this whole mindset is exactly why there are two strikes going on right now in Hollywood. I didn't say it didn't aggravate me all to hell. I'm uh, saying I understand why the bean counters would say such things. I understand that. I understand that only because that mindset is made up, is practiced by stupid people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... and <laughs> The reason we are heading towards mediocre art is because of people like this. People that want to tap into chat GPT writing every script. Well, well, big budget mediocre art. Yes, big budget mediocre art. Yes. I mean, we can still do our flip book animated movies and they're going to be original (laughs) and shit. Yeah. Um, God, and then... Shit. But then you give Greta Gerwig... You know, a good cast and a multi-million-dollar budget, and she makes probably what's going to be the biggest-grossing movie of 2023. Yeah. Off an IP that no one would have suspected. No would one be. would have suspected. That. Off of an IP yeah. that is established and people know about. Yeah, but still, Bean counter. Wipe my ass. <laughs> 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 and just for the record, all of these established IP were original ideas at one point. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. But Barbie been, was. But they've been tested, and and now they know that people are into them. Yeah. When they were original, dude, that was dude. You, like Battleship. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you were angry uh, before. That's just a dumb idea. Now that Barbie's a success. Oh, I, wait. What? It's it's just gonna get worse. It, talk about ramping up the whole, ah, established IP can generate billions in revenue. Sure. Let them make their uh, let them make their millions while someone else makes the next Avatar. There you go. <laughs> right, dude, next, I'm telling you, two years, Big Jim. Big Jim, that's right. Big what? Jim and his big orange shorts. Is that where we go to work out? 
Yeah, no. What he are you talking karate about? Karate chop action when you press the button in his back oh. and chop the board. And and the what is it? The wolf the the wolf pack. The wolf pack. Professional Big agents, Jeff. crime killers. <laughs> yep. Big this is, Josh. This is a real thing, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. I had I own Doctor Steel, the Whip, and Warpath. I have no idea what you are referring to. <laughs> you will in two years when it makes a billion dollars, Barry. That's right. With uh, Josh Hartnett playing Big Jim. Josh Hartnett. Stop. What is Big Jim? <laughs> <laughs> are you just no. talking out your ass? What no. is Big Jim? It's an action figure from the 70s. Thank you. <laughs> was it based on something or was no, it just an action figure? No, it was an original idea. It was an original idea. Okay, great. It only took 50 <laughs> goddamn years to percolate. <laughs> just like G.I. Joe. Yeah. No, dude. Um... Yeah, Joe was an original idea go. in the Big late 60s. Jim. I see. But yeah, thank you. Big Jim. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, no, uh, wrong camera, ca- Steve. Oh, wrong okay. camera. Which wrong camera? camera. <laughs> am I on one? Am I on, am I on two? For, for our home audience, Steve is showing me a picture of the most homoerotic uh, <laughs> dude in, in, in short shorts. Let's see if I can, oh, let's see if I can find. Here you go. Here's Big Jack. <laughs> oh, multicultural. Look at you. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, Let's see. Where's uh, what's his name? Warpath. Warpath. He's oh. the Indian. He had a bow. Oh, that yeah, that'll go over go. great. <laughs> Doctor Steel was okay. Asian, bald, had a big track dragon tattoo on his chest, and a steel hand that he could break iron bars with. Who is the? Who are these toys for? <laughs> Me. <laughs> and people that wore a lot of leather at the time. <laughs> oh, a lot of leather. Um. Josh Hartnett. Chokers. They were chokers, too. Wow. I mean, they were big. 1979 was the big gym. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're talking about a real thing. And, yes, they are hammering this IP for film. <laughs> it, it, he's just shaking his head at me. That just it's going to happen. Oh, that was the thing I forgot to talk yes, about. Yes, it is. Yeah, the Captain Action relaunch. Ah, uh, Captain Action, dude. Yep. Help me out with Captain Action. Help him out with Captain Action. <laughs> Captain Action British uh, G.I. Joe, the 12-inch tall no, figure. No, not uh, British G.I. No, Joe. I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm We've not saying specifically was. I didn't think were possible. No. I'm talking like a British analog. <laughs> no, it wasn't British. It was from Ideal, and Captain Action could turn into uh, all other... What is Ideal? Ideal Toy Company. Where's that? Wait, he could turn yeah. into other superheroes? Was that his thing? Yeah. They they actually so he had was a license. scroll. They had licensing. <laughs> yeah, they had licensing. You so had Captain America. You Superman, had Superman, Batman, Batman uh, costumes Fury, that you could put on your Captain Flash Action. Flash Gordon, pig. Buck Rogers. Oh, I thought maybe like that was his superpower. Is a Barbie for boys? No. How dare you? <laughs> let me show you their let me show you their T-shirt that they t- just t- came t- out. How about you show me anything? <laughs> it's an audio show. <laughs> <laughs> but. Josh Hartnett, dude, you you won't even recognize him yeah. in Oppenheimer. You're gonna sit there for like five minutes going, "Who is that? Who is that? Is that no?" And I remember when uh, first season of Penny Dreadful came on, he was on it, and I was like, "When did when did Josh Hartnett become a good actor?" Because <laughs> he was really good. And in, in interviews, he said, "Yeah, I took three years off and actually and actually took some acting classes." So he he owns up to it, um, <laughs> and it worked. He's uh, he's really good. Once you recognize him, you see him. But you, you, it's going to take you a few minutes to get there. It's actually kind of fun. There are cute little uh, cameos, people popping up in Oppenheimer. Yeah, I'm not saying who it was, but when he gets to Truman, I was like, 
Who is this? I know who this actor I is. I saw that right away. I don't know what Steve's talking about now. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it did. I, I literally had to sit there in the crowd and I go, I got to find out who Truman is because this is making me nuts. And it's, yeah. Yeah, I was right. Mm-hmm. They just don't give a shit about. <laughs> Disney is reportedly ending its physical media releases in Australia. The studio's final DVD release, delivered to Australian and New Zealand stock lists, will be Guardians of the Galaxy 3 this August, as the company departs the Australian physical media market entirely. The move is said to be down to failing physical sales as streaming increases in popularity. Sorry, Matt. Uh, the reported news is sad on multiple levels and hopefully isn't the start of a global trend. Uh, preserving physical, physical media seems to be more important as ever amid the streaming age. Uh, Disney itself has deleted swaths of content from Disney Plus recently. And, of course, Warner Brothers taking plenty down from Max. Remains to be seen if we're looking at the end of physical media, but this news isn't a good sign. No, I, I think this is the beginning of the end of physical media is what it is. And that's a sad thing, if so. I as think they're test marketing in, in Australia to see how, how it goes over, and then you're done. Aussies, you got to step up, man. Protest. I have no idea how, but you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. There's, gonna, you can't fight the tide. I'm going to punch these drongos in the head a couple times. Go down to the servo, get yourself some stubbies. <laughs> Someone, I don't know what he's saying. Matt, can you translate, please? <laughs> yeah, right now, Matt is laughing his ass off. I'm sure. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, Biggs is having a stroke again. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy's chuckling, too. Yeah. And also concerned for him. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if physical media does go away. Uh, it wouldn't be a surprise to me. It'll be sad, though, because I do... I do still adore a good, well-stocked Blu-ray. Well, as soon as they come up with a good burner that can break the code and burn your streaming thing right onto a disc, we'll be fine. Yes, Steve. Point of order. Wow, just uh, ignore me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so several uh, small, smaller companies like Kino Lorber and Arrow and the new one that my friends just swear by, um, those places will still, I think, do uh, physical media. Shout Factory. Shout Factory, yes. A perfect example. And this was the thing that uh, Very Saraband said back in the day when they started doing all the you know, CD releases of uh, soundtracks and what La La Land does. It's like, it's like yeah, these numbers that, you know, that we make, they're good for us. They wouldn't be good for RCA or MCA or anything like that, but they're great numbers for us. So I think I think there were I mean yeah good luck getting your hands on Disney content but I think I think I mean a lot of Kino Lorber's stuff is old MGM stuff so stuff will be available I think it's just they're going to limit how you can get to it instead of you buy a DVD and you show all your friends Lord of the Rings everyone you're gonna have to buy a license to play it or something like that in the future you keep, you're not going to be able to buy that physical media ever again and the camera's going to count the number of people in your room yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of bullshit might in fact happen yeah. it's kind of funny remember when divix came out and totally tanked you could you could totally see them giving that another shot yeah mm. oh boy timed media timed so media. stupid timed it, media help me out uh, there was a basically a disc that would work for a few days. 
a yeah. physical media disc that what yes, the- yes. You had a Divix player, you had Divix discs, and you had it could be a number of days, it could be a number of plays. You might only get three or five, and then you're locked out. Oh, it's like the other day we rented. We finally got around to watching John Wick Four, right? Uh, but we rented it on like Amazon Prime right, or right, something, right, right. and we have like two days to watch it. Right. So it's like but that. This it's, is a disc that you buy. Yeah, but see, own. I can I can log into my Prime wherever I am and watch I, it. I, okay. I, I'm thinking, for those two days. I I I yeah. He's. Okay. I, I think he's thinking you're selling it to him. Yeah. yeah. I'm not selling Divix to you. I'm, I'm explaining. The incredibly stupid format that oh no, that it's the dumb. sainted Spielberg and Lucas actually threw their weight behind uh, way back. So what do you in, do with that disc after? Yeah, what everyone did with their AOL discs. You, you, make, you make fish art and stuff with it. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend geek, finally. Oh. Really? <laughs> you want to talk more about Big Jim? Yeah. No. Here, let me show you some. No, more don't pictures. show what, me anything. Don't show. Oh my God. Okay, Steve, we're on what's called a podcast. It's an audio show. Right. So where's the camera? Because oh it's audio visual, right? Dave Filoni's Star Wars Ahsoka series is coming to Disney Plus next month. It will see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. During a recent interview with Cinema Blend, Ashley Eccleston, who played Ahsoka in the Star Wars animated shows, hopes fans will watch the animated shows first. She explained, quote, I actually recommend to everyone who is excited about the upcoming Ahsoka series, I highly recommend that you take time to watch Clone Wars and watch Star Wars Rebels, even Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, because if you don't, you're going to miss out on crucial, crucial backstory that you really need to know to fully enjoy the Ahsoka series, unquote. Uh, Filoni pre- uh, previously said that you don't need to watch the animated shows to understand the Ahsoka series. However, he did go on to explain that watching it will help and will help you understand it more. Quote, does it help? Will you know more and understand more? Sure. Well, we picked up A New Hope at Episode 4, right? So Star Wars to us, we came in the middle of it. So there's a kind of history in Star Wars just diving right into the story. So I really do dive right into the story with Ahsoka, unquote. The show will pick up right where Star Wars Rebels left off, and the search for Ezra Bridger begins. The series is set right after the fall of the Empire. Ahsoka, quote, follows the former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano as she investigates an emerging threat into a vulnerable galaxy, is the official description. Uh, and that threat, of course, is Grand Admiral Thrawn, who we got a first look at in the trailer, and Ezra took off with him to an unknown location. Uh, Sabine, uh, Natasha Lee Bedorzio, uh, adds, uh, joins Ahsoka on her journey, and she's still very much dedicated to finding Ezra. They'll be joined by Hera and the droid Chopper, and Zeb will also most likely return. Ahsoka will debut August 23rd, uh, 2023, just f- less than a month. We saw Zeb, didn't we, in Mandalorian? Yes, yeah, I believe we did. Yeah, he's the only one I know that looks like that. Who? It's funny, uh, who was one of the original uh, drawings of Chewbacca. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, she's not wrong. You would get a deeper appreciation of the, the Ahsoka character and the, the gravitas of her of situation, why she is the way she is, by watching just a little bit of Clone Wars. You don't have to watch all of it. You sure don't have to do what I did and just push your way through ep- uh, seasons one and two, <laughs> which are rough. 
It, they're like totally for kids. But then it, that show gets better real fast. Um, on yeah. That, on that note, I finished watching all of Clone Wars this last week. Really? Ooh. Yes, I finally finished just in time. Finished that long journey, and well, uh, I, I absolutely double down on what you say there. Uh, if I might make a suggestion. Uh, for those who are wanting to fast track this, you haven't watched Clone Wars, but now kind of want to fill in those gaps, but don't want to watch all 100 plus episodes of Clone Wars. What I recommend is watch these mostly exist on YouTube, a condensed version of seasons one through three. Watch mm-hmm. watch a recap of season one, season two, season three and start with season four. Yeah, exactly. And now you do not have long to watch Rebels be- between uh, now and the time Ahsoka comes out. Indeed. In fact, I'm already almost finished with the first season of Rebels. Now, Rebels is kind of quick. It's uh, The first season is 15 episodes. There's four seasons altogether. Seasons two and three each have 22 episodes. Final season, 14. Which it will introduce you to the best droid in Star Wars. Chopper's amazing. The best droid in Star Wars. Fight me. Uh, <laughs> Deb loves that droid so much. Understandably so. It has so much personality. It's a agent of chaos. It's wonderful. It's great. Uh, and I'm really enjoying Rebels so far. What I really enjoy about it, Clone Wars was kind of all over the place. It, this episode would focus on Jar Jar. This episode would focus on Ahsoka. This one would focus on uh, Obi-Wan. This one would focus on some other Jedi. Uh, This one focuses on this core group of rebels. Sure, it's still aimed at kids, but they've learned. It's Dave Filoni created this as well, created Clone Wars. By the end of Clone Wars, they knew how to make a show for adults and still make it kid friendly. That's kind of what this is, too. And they're quick episodes. They're half hour. Yeah. So and uh, And there's not that much. And fun characters. I I even read the the book that led up to Rebels. Oh, I I didn't didn't go that far. Uh, but it, when it came out, because I was going to get into Rebels when it came out, then just something shiny. As for Tales of the Jedi, those are just like one-off stories. You really can just let those go. Yeah. You don't have to watch any of that. But uh, Clones introduces you to Ahsoka, how she came up in the Jedi ranks and how she left the Jedi. And then Rebels brings her back in this later later on in the season and continues her story. Yeah. So that's why it's important for the upcoming series. And all you old school, frankly, old Star Wars people. Uh, I, I'm one of them. Um, it's, it's really good. You just have to get past the first part of Clone Wars. So don't even attempt it. Watch some overalls, over yeah. overarchings of that, and then skip it. Yeah. That is cool. I Because <clears throat> I remember with Big Jim, when you flex his arm, yeah. his yeah. bicep <laughs> yeah. actually flexes. Sexy bicep. And, and you had a band that you put around it, and he would pop it off with his flex. Remember that? Yeah. Do you have like a volleyball, beach volleyball play set for all these guys? No, but Dr. Kenny Steel Loggins had a playing with the boys, playing in the background. Hang on, let bring. me see what's on Etsy. No! <laughs> <laughs> he looks a lot like the Steve Austin figure from yeah. Six Million Dollar Man, yeah, that, yeah. that figure, but without all the extra arm thing and the eye socket and all no, that. No, no, no. But he did, he, he could karate chop ah. and he flexed his bicep. What more do you need? Kirsten, he's anatomically correct. I, uh, I, I really, I really loved my uh, the whip because he had all sorts of weapons. He had a whip. He had boomerangs. I'm firmly convinced that this informed the sexuality of many a young. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
They, 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 they saw it, and at a certain age, they were like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> you could hook it up. It was the short gym shorts, right? And, 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 it's, it's and, then, and the abs. I mean, the 79, abs. very quickly, or, or concurrently, YMCA. Actually, uh, that one uh, that one character definitely looks like he should be in the, the village people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sailor dude, big do you know, sailor. Do you know that the uh, well, I, the guys, uh, the village people, did not come up with that dance for the YMCA? Did you know that? Yeah, they they were uh, going to be brought on to Dick Clark's show, American Bandstand, and they were informed that the dancers that they're bringing on will be doing making letters as part of their dance, and they liked that so much they just kept it. Oh, okay, that's awesome. I'm, I'm full of weird shit. <laughs> The Creator is an upcoming sci-fi film to watch out for. The film tells an epic-scale story set in a distant future after a, quote, catastrophic and apocalyptic war between humans and robots that were created by artificial intelligence. Uh, There were a lot of actors playing the robot characters, and it turns out many of them didn't know. Uh, Director Gareth Edwards, that's the guy behind Rogue One and the new Godzilla, uh, wanted to keep the human element of the robot characters real so he didn't tell them they were playing robots. Uh, In the creator, quote, amidst a future war between the human race and the forces of artificial intelligence, Joshua, a hardened ex-Special Forces agent grieving the disappearance of his wife, is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, the elusive architect of advanced AI who has developed a mysterious weapon with the power to end the war and mankind itself. Joshua and his team of elite operatives journey across enemy lines into the dark heart of AI-occupied territory, only to discover the world-ending weapon he's been instructed to destroy is an AI in the form of a young child, unquote. Uh, And this movie comes to us on September 29th. It's coming fast. Yeah, I've already seen the trailers for it. It looks pretty good. It does look pretty good. It looks high budget. I'm, I'm interested. So if you weren't aware of this, it's coming. Let's get some original story back up on this. Yeah. I just hope it, the twist isn't obvious where the dude that they're sending is an AI himself and so is his whole team and it's actually the other way uh, around. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. It was it was called uh, Decker. Yeah. I, uh, I wonder if someday someone is going to tell the robot Jeff that he's just playing a human being. <laughs> he's actually a robot. <laughs> Shh. Don't Shh, let him don't know. Don't say anything. Well, he doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, so yeah I okay. was going to say secret safe here. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing I do with my uh, my Google Hub. When it, when it gives me something, when it turns on the lights for me, I say thank you. So we're just we're, you know biding our time with Jeff. Oh yeah, <laughs> saying thank you, thank you, Jeff. I was being nice. I'm I'm nice to Chat GPT. Hey, Chat GPT, what can you tell me about blah blah blah? Chat GPT and I had this long conversation about can. AI be ever be programmed to or could AI by looking at human activity on the internet ever find itself in a position to you know usual sci-fi things in position that it hates humanity and ChatGPT and I went on for like three or four different paragraphs I was like okay okay but what if (laughs) and I said I think I just inadvertently wrote a sci-fi story Yeah, wait. Wait till ChatGPT sues Steve for plagiarism. <laughs> yeah. I came up with that, Steve. How I'm dare share, you? I, I'll share credit. <laughs> Babylon 5 creator J. Michael Straczynski has Touch signed... my keys, Steve. 
<laughs> Touch them hard. Straczynski has signed a deal with the with Dark Horse Comics to launch various creator-owned work with the publisher that will include graphic novels, miniseries, and ongoing series. Straczynski says that the Dark Horse boss, Mike Richardson's, pretty much gave him mandate to write whatever he wants. Straczynski went on to offer details of what's coming up. First up will be an international geopolitical thriller that bends science fiction with the superhero genre in a way we really haven't seen before, he says. It's going to be a huge story with massive global and personal stakes. This will be a balanced by individual character stories designed to challenge the tropes of the superhero genre, building on what it did with books like Supreme Power, Midnight Nation, and Rising Stars, and taking it to the next level. Uh, there will also be titles in the modern dark fantasy and historical fantasy genres, along the lines of Neil Gaiman's uh, chivalry and also from Dark Horse stories about strong characters that are challenging and fun, not nihilistic or too terribly dark to that end, I'm proud to be part of the Dark Horse family of writers, artists, and other ne'er-do-wells. Uh, Straczynski is a longtime veteran of the medium, and on top of Babylon 5, co-created Netflix Sense8 uh, with the Wachowskis. And in comics, he's written The Amazing Spider-Man, Superman, Thor, and Captain America, amongst others. I've been happy with Dark Horse. Um, I read their uh, their Conan stuff, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I don't know how you felt about uh, Dark Horse's Conan run. Um some of it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. Okay. I, uh, you know. Some of it was, yeah. I mean, uh, they did a good job with the uh, the time that uh, that one writer was on there. So, yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for that. that. Thank you. Thanks for that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> for those of you who haven't read Straczynski's stuff and you want to read his not-so-named character stuff, I highly recommend Midnight Nation and Rising Stars. Both, mm. both excellent series. Mm. So put, put that in your to-be-read to lists. And the one with that one guy. With the guy, with the, yeah, the, yeah. that, yeah. Kurt Busiek yeah. and Carrie Nord. That was the Conan. That was way back. That was cool because Carrie Nord was doing this thing where they weren't inking his pencils. They were actually scanning his pencils oh, and then yeah, going yeah. right into computer color. Yeah. It was a very interesting style. So that was a long time. I remember showing that comic to Andy in the house he used to live in. Who, who uh, did you ever read like the old Conan saga? Or, yeah. Or, yeah, I used to read those too. Like, Savage like, Sword. The oversized the versions. Black and whites, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the magazine shit. ones that were to get around the comics code before they finally said, fuck the comics code. That explains why. I always wonder why they were yeah. always a weird that's why size. That, that's why that. That, had, Punisher, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street all had those uh, yeah. news magazines. Yeah, yeah. They, the VP magazine. Harry Vampirella. Yeah, and that's why that Conan had nudity, had, you know, evisceration stuff like but that. But good stories, though. Well, yeah, because it was still the same creative team. It was still Roy Thomas writing. It was still Buscema or uh, Alfredo Alcala or uh, Pablo Marcos, you know, illustrating. Um, they would also do Robert E. Howard adaptions of uh, other things, you know, Solomon Kane. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I'd see those in there every so often. I'd be like, ugh, why am I reading this? Yeah. this I don't want to read and Solomon then they, And, you know, they actually did a... A bunch like that. Yeah, I never saw any of the magazine edition Punishers. Oh. I, never, I, I didn't even know they existed for the longest time. So That was my my early uh, my early explorations in the Punisher. The first, uh, mm -hmm. Some of the first comics I got because a lot of the 
a lot of my comics, I grew up in a small town, so it was all comic racks in the yes. you know, grocery and pharmacy. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so, but the grocery store would carry the, the Punisher in Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. magazine rack comics. Magazine rack. Yeah, so that finally introduced me to Punisher. Wow. I think I actually have the Punisher number one somewhere in storage. Which one? Probably the next year limited be- series or, or no? The black and white. The magazine one that magazine. we're talking about. Oh, the magazine. Okay. Neat. That's probably next to your computer. Because <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, the first the first appearance of the Punisher was in um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, which I used to own. And, and what I did you do with it? Sold it for rent. Sometimes That's you got to do what you got to do. That's fair. Yep. If well, I'd only hung on to... I mean, I Oh, we're not having I, that discussion because yeah. we will go so deep with if I only had my old magic cards, if I only had my old yeah, Millennium yeah, Falcon, yeah. bar, bar, yeah, I had that. I had first appearance of Wolverine. Oh, man. Had first appearance of Kingpin. Kingpin? <sighs> yeah. Ping, <laughs> wow. Kingpin. Ping ping. The first ping, appearance ping. of ping ping. I thought ping, he said kingpin. He did say kingpin. When we were doing and who the, the fuck is ping ping? I don't know, but no, that's funny. It was kingpin. <laughs> when we were doing our Spider-Man reading, that was the story. It was the first uh, kingpin story. Wow. What? Oh yeah, we got to set those up out here. Yeah, yeah. Especially just, after uh, Steve solved the whole rights issues uh, question when he's speaking to. Yeah, yeah. Just Paul. ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Paul's face. That was great. And now this next story came out a while ago, but we haven't discussed it, so we're going to bring it up here. Nathan Fillion will make his debut as a Green Lantern in James Gunn's Superman Legacy. He'll be playing Guy Gardner, and it looks like he will be appearing in multiple projects in the DCU. Gunn was recently asked by a fan on social media about the Green Lantern series that was announced, Lanterns. Uh, The director responded with a question saying, the Green Lantern show is not separate. Nate will play Guy in all parts of the DCU, unquote. When previously talking about the new Green Lantern series, it was described as, quote, a huge HBO quality TV event. It's already in development, and our vision for this is very much in the vein of true detective. It's terrestrial-based. It's got two of our favorite Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, starring. That's in a true detective-style type mystery, and it really plays a really big role leading into the main story we're telling across our films and television. So this is a very important show for us, unquote. Uh, Fillion stars in the film alongside David Corswet as Clark Kent slash Superman. Uh, Rachel Brosnan as Brosnan. Lo- that's what I said. Lois Lane, <laughs> Isabella Merced as Hawk Girl, Eddie Gathegi as Michael Holt slash Mr. Terrific. Uh, the movie will tell. <laughs> what, 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 what? What do you do? Steve's face when you said Eddie's last name. Gathegi. They're going to go. Uh, the story of, quote, <laughs> Superman's journey to reconcile his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing as Clark Kent of Smallville, Kansas. Uh, yes. Finally, someone is addressing that issue. <laughs> he is the embodiment of truth, justice in the American way, guided by human kindness in a world that sees kindness as old-fashioned, unquote. And Superman Legacy will launch the movie, part of the DC Studios' Gods and Monsters Part 1, expected to, expected to begin early 2024, but with all the stuff going on, who fucking knows? So, yeah, uh, really. so thoughts on all this, and uh, excluding my pronunciation of people's last names. I like the idea of a true detective style uh, adventure. I think that would be very interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, I like how Marvel will put out 
uh, like a heist film and like a kung fu film, a spy film, and this and that. I, I like that. And so if DC's doing that as a true detective type of film, good. Good on them. Even better if they do it exactly like True Detective and get uh, what's her for Alexandra Daddario. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> Star Sapphire. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, you know Hal Jordan and John Stewart. That'll be an interesting thing. Uh, I think Fillion will be a fun guy Gardner because mm-hmm. oh know, yeah, you can't quite do Gardner uh, in his prime. They kind of already did with a Captain Hammer. Just got a. Turn up the ego yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So, but yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, you know, I think. I, uh, yeah, I, what I'm, and what I'm liking about this is unlike some of the more recent DC uh, films where they try to, you know, do Black Adam and then throw in the Justice Society, um, it doesn't seem like, like it's still going to be a Superman film with these cameos by these other characters meaning that not only is Superman already established, but so is the superhero community is already up and running by the time this... Almost all Superman films, uh, pretty much all of them, until Batman v Superman, it always felt like it's Superman's world and other superheroes may creep into it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, this is the feel was like, we already have an established DC universe. Heroes are already a well-known quantity. Yeah. And here's where Superman fits in that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, I like that. The all please, Im- not another origin story. No. Ah, no. no the, it's there. The it, all important Kryptonian versus human story, which no one has done before. <laughs> I, I will be very, I, you know, who knows if that was just the elevator pitch. I, I would be very interested in. Oh, shit, that's right. We got a DC apologist on board now. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, well, well, he fills you, a very important gap in our show. You rat bastards. Anyway, um, I, I was really excited with the casting. I think David Cornsweet's going to be great. Uh, when he was in this Netflix show called Hollywood, and I was like, God, if that guy just beefed up a little bit, he'd be a really good Superman. Ooh, ooh, here we go. And Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane? Yes, finally. A Lois Lane who's really actually snatch. Of course, I felt the same way about Amy Adams, too. Did you say snatch? No. <laughs> I don't know what I said. I'm wound up. Um, <laughs> I want to see Rachel Brosnahan play Lois Lane Kind of like Maisel, what with like a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> yes, like she's right out of the Hudsucker proxy. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, I bet my bullets are on it. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, say what gives? <laughs> yeah. Um, which I was kind of hoping they would do with Amy Adams. After I mean, when they cast Amy Adams in Man of Steel, I was like, oh, if we could get the Amelia Earhart Amy Adams, this is going to be. Nope. We nope. got Mopey, a Mopey Lois Lane. Amy Adams and Mopey Super and Mopey Perry White and Moping everyone. <laughs> Everyone's moping. I was like, God, I was like, what is up with Warner Brothers? Does somebody need to go over there and give those boys a Xanax? What is <sighs> or, or a know. bounce house I or was, something? I was gonna to say I, I think they kinda took a Xanax before they started the series. Yeah, Jesus. That may be the problem. I could use a bounce house. There you go. Which is really, uh, with James Gunn on board, the I, you know, his blend of comedy and then just fucking heartbreaking scenes. I'm I'm here for it. 
Uh, and and the fact that he is fully on board with you know a nice Superman, a Superman who smiles, which does appear to be the Warner, the current Warner Brothers mindset about Superman. I mean, Superman and Lois is still uh, is still really good, and Tyler Hecklin's version of Superman is just it's really good. And same with Bitsy Chulik's Lois Lane. A Lois, and of course, this year they had the whole cancer story, and it was just like, oh. My heart's breaking. Kids, <laughs> do yourselves a favor. Go watch the 1994 film Hudsucker Proxy. Yes. Uh, starring Tim Robbins and, uh, and Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Wait, watch for her character. That's your Lois Lane. I I would be fully on board. That I want a Lois Lane who will climb inside a giant robot to find out where the evil villain lives. That's yes. what I want. Have you seen Hudsucker Proxy? I don't believe I have. Consider that my nomination you for... You should put uh, it on the list. I will it's put it on Coen the list. Brothers, and it's... Whack! It is nuts. And yes, Jennifer Jason Leigh. In that. I, I will say though, overall, I don't enjoy most Coen Brothers films I've seen. Don't you, sigh at me. You are a godless, <laughs> godless communist. <laughs> <laughs> it's being reported by a couple of different outlets now that Lucasfilm's Star Wars Lando series is moving forward with Donald Glover set to write and star in the series. Good. The news was first reported by Above the Line, then it was confirmed by Gizmodo, who said that Donald Glover will write the show with his brother Stephen Glover. Haunted Mansion director Simon Simon was originally working on the show, but is now said to be off the project. Glover previously shared that his vision for a Lando project, describing it as Frasier in space. (laughs) (laughs) Quotes. I love it. It would be it'd be cool to see like Fraser in space, like a high energy guy in space. All these characters are very specific and they have very specific points of view. So it's always going to be fun seeing them traveling around to a planet that's like the opposite of what they're used to. And all that seems kind of like it'd be fun to write for sure. Unquote. Oh, God. Yep, I'm on. I'm, I'm on board. Totally on board. Lando is always one of my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that swagger like like Han Solo learned it from this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he makes an appearance in Rebels. I'm like, that's like a perfect Lando moment, the f- through and through. Well, see, and I, you know, I, I'm one of the people that I liked Solo, and I liked Donald Glover in Solo. I thought he, I thought he was a great Lando Calrissian. Solo was a fun movie. Yeah, I'm sorry, haters. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy will not be fired over that one. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Keep saying it's it, haters. coming. It's coming, Steve. Keep you saying just it, wait. Haters, someday the... it'll be true. D- yeah, <laughs> wait for the next contract extension, then you'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she'll <laughs> retire, but you'll say, "Oh no, she was pushed out." <laughs> At this point, if she died during a board meeting of just like a sudden heart attack, they would be like, "Ah, they finally got her." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. How would you get it? Write to us, comments at geekshockpodcast.com. <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Blarg. And Deb. We'll talk to you next week <laughs> in Geek. Still my favorite. There you go. Wow. <laughs> now, you know, the Asylum Pictures version. Of, oh, yes, please. Yeah. It's a super-er man. Super-er man. Yes. How, how does that work out for Asylum? How, how do they, they make it their own? Because he can't reconcile his Argonian heritage with his human heritage, he develops a stutter. <laughs> <laughs> Super <laughs> man. Mama man. 
are I going like in. I like it. Yeah. I love it. Train like. In true Michael Palin fashion. Or Palin? Michael Palin? Palin. Yeah. Yes, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> Low budget. Fantastic. You can see the wires. Yeah. Well, or he they just go back to the old springboard. <gasps> springboard but, Superman. But they leave in the <laughs> 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 Definitely. Listen.